Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Comic Relief and Acast are teaming up to bring your favourite podcasters together for the Red Nose Day podcast mashup. Your favourite podcasts smash together like men used to be buried with, that's off menu with Ed Gamble and James Acaster, crossed with films to be buried with, with Brett Goldstein. And Hip Hop Saved the Horn section, which is the horn section, of course, with the brilliant Alex Horn, crossed with Ramesh Ranganathan's Hip Hop Saved My Life. So there you go. Expect the unexpected and don't forget to donate. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Toaster Questions Everything, a special one-off podcast mashup for Red Nose Day. I'm Dane Baptiste, comedian, writer, and occasional actor, and the host of Dane Baptiste Questions Everything podcast. And I'm Tom Price, uh, comedian and writer as well, and I make the podcast My Mate Bought a Toaster. Now, Acast are bringing you a one-off series of Red Nose Day podcast mashups. Turn up the volume, obviously, but keep it in the amber bit, maybe. Don't go to the red bit, because they do, they colour-code the volumes now. So let's let's... Forget taking this to 11, let's take this to Amber. Okay, that's what I'd like to do. Uh, because a better future can start now. I'm Howard, Dane's producer and co-host of the Question Everything podcast. Get involved this Red Nose Day and help people living incredibly tough lives. That's right, because right now your donation has the power to take action against domestic abuse, help reduce mental health stigma, provide safety to families who need support and help to give children the best start in life. Yes, head over to comicrelief.com slash podcast mashup. Comicrelief.com slash podcast mashup to give whatever you can right now. So, there you go. Let's get on with the show, eh? For listeners of Tom's podcast, uh, Dane Pacti's Questions Everything is a show where me and Dane and a series of special guests pose all sorts of questions that need to be asked uh, from serious stuff to the sillier things in life. Uh, isn't that right, Dane? That's right, Howard. No question is too big, too small, too highbrow, too lowbrow, too intelligent or lowest common denominator. We answer all the questions because we believe that you first step to changing your reality is to question it. What about you, Tom? Well, my podcast is all about what we buy on Amazon. And the reason I use Amazon is not because there's any commercial tie-up yet. Fingers crossed. I'm really hoping those tax-dodging guys come for me because I'm ready to take their dollar. Jeff, if you're listening, big fan. So the reason I use Amazon is because the way that so many people just buy stuff, like it's the most instant gratification. Uh, you have an idea about a thing and, and within 30 seconds, your thumb is scrolling and buying it. You barely register that you've just gone online and bought a weird cereal that you once had in America or, you know, a spare football or some tennis balls for dogs. Like it's so random the stuff you can buy and it's so instantaneous. And in that, I think there's really, obviously it's really good comedy because people buy random stuff, but also on a serious note, which is not how you should start a comedy podcast. I really enjoy pointing out to people that we we buy so much stuff we don't read, so much stuff we don't use. Like it's kind of an anti commerce podcast a bit as well we're trying to get people to take a look and go oh my god i've i've for example alex zane i'm happy to name and shame in one year he bought 360 items in a year on amazon fucking hell That's right one thing every single day <laughs> thanks mate <laughs> that's that's one thing for every point on a on a on a perfect circle 
There you, <laughs> there you go. Perfect. He literally came full circle with his purchasing behaviour. Oh, Vorderman-esque. Vorderman-esque. So is that thing of just trying to sort of make people uh, realise... Question themselves and their yeah. purchasing habits. Yeah. So you can see the, the Venn diagram of these podcasts, guys. It's almost like these have been mashed up quite nicely. Like this is this feels like a good mashup. You know what I mean? Oh, it's perfect. Well, and, and yeah. as, as the producer, uh, I thought we'd use the format of Dane Baptiste questions everything, but make all our questions centered around what we've bought on Amazon. So the so the podcast will entwine. Uh, does that sound good? Yeah, I mean, I'm not used to having a producer, so I'm feeling highly aroused right now. <laughs> what, what can you do, Howard? Can I can I get some food? Uh, yeah, just some... let me know if you need tea and I can get it to you on Deliveroo or something, I suppose. Or Genuinely, um... genuinely, yes. That would be great. Thanks, mate. Thanks so much. Um... I think Howard keeps missing, you keep missing all of these tea hints. He's really thirsty, Howard. Someone <laughs> dropped several hints like water. Is there a brew going? Can I hear a kettle in the background? He wants a tea. And Howard is ignoring them. <laughs> well, well, why I, while I go on my phone to try and work out Tom's personal address and if he can get Deliveroo, um, it's probably time for a question, isn't it, Dane? As this mashup format dictates. Absolutely. Uh, as a, a mashup podcast for the purposes of comic relief, we encourage uh, well-being and unity. And as a result, as our very esteemed guest, Tom, we invite you to ask the first question, which can be based upon the purchasing behaviour of human beings or any sentient being or any question you'd like or which we like to discuss for 15 minutes some change then how we'll ask a question uh, also uh, loosely linked to the purchasing behavior of human beings on amazon and then hopefully while the amazon is still available the real life one i will ask a question which we'll discuss for 15 minutes and then both of our unified listeners can find out where you can find out more about us our work uh, and then they can all sit and uh, take on the magnitude of this amazing unity between both podcasts in a glorious <laughs> setup for the purposes of comic Whoa. relief so therefore no pressure though tom we uh can i get that on a shirt that was beautiful <laughs> yeah. i'm sure you can find that on amazon if you look hard enough <laughs> there you go well listen what i'm gonna do and as is a uh, uh, usual uh, tradition on my mate bought a toaster the first thing i do is i just dive into your purchase history now dane uh, you were a guest on series one of my mate bought a toaster and in fact a bit of your episodes made it onto various trails because it was so brilliant so i'm gonna i'm gonna start and remind uh my listeners who were here for series one of something you bought uh which it was getting towards the end of the episode and it was a great episode and then suddenly it just kicked on because you purchased a cherry tree furniture black pu leather bed frame right so a leather bed Ooh. frame hang on howard i mean already your reaction is beautiful with an underbed led <laughs> i've got it in front of me fucking dane are you using this is this going on i had used it um up until i moved a uh, house and then I bequeathed said bed to my former housemate where it continues to tantalise 80s '80s, uh, upholstery or 80s interior decorators and uh, Miami drug lords alike. What I would say is that it has it comes with a remote control for the LED light. So what I'm hoping you did is not tell the person who now has the bed that it's got the LED light. Then you can sneak up to the window with the remote control and just start putting the lights on at various points during the night. Is that you know me too well? So then and it tends to go. It, the light will change to white at Christmas time, green for <laughs> Halloween, and then a bloody bloody red. Yeah. Whenever you know he needs to get out Amityville style. Yeah. So I'm still being had by proxy, but you know. <laughs> 
it's um, it, it, it was just a, it was a great purchase, and it, it just it, I still giggle about it. I still talk about it a lot. In fact, when people ask me about the podcast, and I try and sort of portray how uh, we tell the story of people's lives through the things they buy, and I always say, "Oh yeah, Dame Baptiste, I know everything about that guy because he had an LED." <laughs> Like you know, you get those those cars in supermarkets. They all in supermarket car parks. Everyone meets up at exactly. Nighttime. Like and that's what I was going for. I couldn't get a car like that at the time, but my bed could be like that. So I'm like, not only am I enjoying my dreams, I'm drift racing within said dreams. Like yeah, other yeah, people yeah. run or fly towards their dreams, but I'm putting on nos like I'm Vin Diesel <laughs> as I've hurtled towards my dreams with law enforcement right behind me. It's also great because you're not going to lose anything under that bed. Do you know what I mean? You no need for a phone torch. There you go, exactly. And so, you know, it really allows you to take accountability for yourself all the time and it reminds you that things can't be swept under the rug. Right. <laughs> right. It reminded it reminded me of um of you know those moments in in films where people kind of put the the light bulb in that's like the red light bulb because it's gonna be kind of like a sexy night. Yeah. Um and um you just have it built into your bed, which is <laughs> pretty, pretty much pretty I think it's yeah. very suggestive. Does that mean that I benefit or does it mean that I'm happily facilitating a safe space for a, a Pixar style Toy Story orgy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A Toy Storgy. A Toy Storgy. That's interesting. <laughs> Come on. I thought that Forky is hot. Um uh, so so my question then, which I suspect you're inching towards, and this is obviously the part of your podcast that has to kick in here, is what item in your bedroom defines you in one fell swoop what one thing if someone was to walk into your bedroom makes them go that in a nutshell that is howard right there that is tom right there <laughs> that is, do you know what i mean because our bedrooms like you say they are a safe space and that is the that is a spot where we can have something and create a little bit of ourselves and maybe it's maybe it's something as mundane as all the all the clothes are on the floor. I'm just a messy fucker. Or maybe there's something, some item that's just a little bit more telling. Yeah, it's really interesting, and 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 for me, quite a relief actually, Tom, because I thought you were going to want to go through my Amazon history, and it's boring as fuck. Um, so um, I don't think you would have got much joy out of that. It's literally just vitamins and lip balm, uh, as far as I can now, tell. Now uh, that all, all goes towards an algorithm. So. Okay. <laughs> You have to bear in mind, Howard, what always happens on My Mate Bought a Toaster is people go, people always say, oh, it's really boring. But then I go all therapist and then I'll be like, yeah, but Howard, why do you have dry lips? <laughs> yes. What happened? What happened? <laughs> it's an interesting point. I mean, for me, it's literally Benadryl, lip balm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nothing. It's, it's very dull. Have you always sucked um, with dry lips? Yeah, but this time of year, it usually kicks in, doesn't it? Yeah, I usually have a little bit of a, of a, of a kind of chapped... Is it possible that said uh, lip balm is drying your lips out more, creating an endless cycle of dependency upon petrochemical-based cosmetics? I've thought that for years. I've thought that for years. Yeah, Yeah. it's just a con, isn't it? Just a con to make me keep buying this shit. I mean, you've also referred to, like, you know, over-the-counter, like, cold and flu uh, remedies, which, again, key component being ibuprofen and sugar and caffeine and phenylalanine, which means you take it at the height of your infection, all it does is keep you boosted up and... Mm. Really, if it was that effective, you wouldn't have to go back and buy more of it. So yeah. just write it out, um, man. But the, go, out. going back to your question, uh, Tom, yes. about what item in my bedroom defines me, yes. I think it's very easy for me to say, which is that it is a television that I have had since about 2007. It's a very, very small television. It's a, probably the size of a laptop. 
uh, which kind of defeats the purpose, really, in some ways. But I suppose I don't have to open it and have it on my bed. Um, but um, the remote control, uh, only one button on it works, which Lovely. is the um, turn it on button. Delicious. And I have a little Apple TV attached to it, which controls the television so I can watch my um, nonsense until whatever hour in the morning. And it's just the fact that it's still working, the fact that I have no aesthetic, uh, materialistic desire to replace it. Mm. It's it looks it looks ridiculous. It looks just it's just a piece of shit. It's just awful, <laughs> you know by TV standard today by twenty twenty one TV standards you wouldn't you know you wouldn't I could have to pay you to take it away. Well, those old TVs have really held on because th- all thanks to HDMI. If they've got an HDMI in, the, those old TVs aren't going anywhere, man. If I can HDMI in just a little bit of uh, of Amazon like one of those Fire devices or an Apple TV, they're going to stay going. They're going to keep going for years, man. Years and years. I like the idea, though. I don't want them just to be thrown out because they're obsolete, unless they can kind of be recycled. I like the idea in the same way that, like, you know, you get people who set up TVs on their lawn and stuff, and you see people, like, on their porches watching TV in, like, rural southern states or, like, Skid Row. Maybe, like, years later down the line, people will be like, is that a flat-screen TV? (laughs) (laughs) Retro. It's like a lawyer. Yeah, of course. All right, fair enough. But, like, even then, like, broadcasting with a wire, man, that takes me back. (laughs) <laughs> so so that would be my thing and then Tom also I've actually got um original yeah. original Star Wars figurines um in your bedroom not in the in my bedroom um they're just in the corner and uh, occasionally I look at Han Solo or right. Boba Fett and just think and do you, do you have a uh, do you have a life partner who shares your room with you Howard so uh Tom you should have listened uh, early in the series of Dane Baptiste question <laughs> everything in episode with KG the comedian where it is revealed that me and my wife have found um happiness not sharing bedrooms and um, this has been a repeating storyline across many episodes of Dane Baptiste Questions Everything. Uh, as Dane supports me, many other comedians mock me. Um, and that's fine, isn't it, Dane? I, I, I really think it's mind. completely fine. I think considering yeah. you are the only people paying the mortgage in the house, you do you, you, you decide. Yeah, it's actually become a thing. I think it's called sleep um, sleep divorce or something like that. Um, my my wife was telling me about it last night. It's become like an article thing. Should sleep, uh, it should be more of a like a, a bed. Who's got custody of the bed? Like maybe your wife gets it during the week and then on weekends you get to spend time and have visitation with the said bed. But I think it works perfectly. Also, if Dylan and Tara shared a bed, then you don't have to worry about anyone kicking you in the head when you're sleeping. Mm, exactly. True story. Also, it's quite aristocratic, isn't it? It's like the Queen and, and Prince Philip. You know, all they none of them share beds. They haven't for, forever. That's, that's, you know, oh, my wife's well. My wife's well posh as well, Tom. So yeah. There you go. So that's what she says to you as you're getting into bed next to her. Sorry, it's a class thing. Fuck off to the spare Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, she's like being insane in Titanic. No, no, you'll crowd the boat. <laughs> <laughs> what, what I am would, 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 would define your bedroom, your personality in your bedroom, Dane? Oh, it's a good question. Uh, Have you got yours in mind, Tom? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I try to keep my bed not, my bedroom not particularly cluttered because I grew up in a, a household where people were, had some mild issues with the hoarding. But I would say... I've got like a a multi USB plug. Oh yeah, and I think that defines me because I uh, have a certain element of ADHD, and I like to be massively stimulated a lot of the time. And doesn't necessarily mean that need that to happen in my bedroom. But when I do wake up and I do have a thirst for knowledge, I like want to be able to have my phone at my fingertips so I can find out news trends. Want to be able to have access to a light if I want to read something. Normally with a book as well, uh, or a Kindle, or any uh, source of power which will allow me to have information, I kind of need that straight away. And because I do travel a lot, 
I do have a plug which is kind of has a universal adapter and stuff, so I can always pick it up with USBs and I can plug that in somewhere else. And if I need to charge my phone in between places or any kind of razor, uh, electric razor, or just having a lamp, uh, which can also be portable, uh, or charging a vape, then mm. having the multi USB thing at my convenience, which is uh, can work in all countries in the EU and in Asia, is a uh, probably my useful, most useful gadget when it comes to my my current lifestyle. I'm really happy that we've really leaned hard on some of our favourite ports so far. We've done HDMI. It's a classic port, oh, HDMI. SCART is HDMI. long gone. Mate. SCART can absolutely fucking do it. Uh, rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace. Right, I, I, preferred, I preferred it to the three AV, the, the AV jobs. Oh, sure. What was the yellow one for? What was the yellow one for? That never went in. Yeah. Do you remember that? Never yeah, went in, yeah. exactly. Yeah maddening but but the usb port i mean what yeah uh, some sort of uh, uh usb um selection in front of you because you know you need your knowledge knowledge is power yes. but knowledge needs power as well though and that is a knowledge needs power and also it also allows me knowledge is power but i like to think that uh when it comes to that i'm somewhat of a knowledge socialist and so if i have a visitor and they're like can i charge my phone i can be like well of course you can Mm-hmm. Whether you have Android <laughs> or iPhone yeah. or whatever the hell Huawei very has for a charger, very generous. Always welcome. Have you guys bought one of those like long meter length uh, phone leads so you can when you're in bed? I'm not a whore, can... Howard. <laughs> can I be? Can I be brutally honest? I sometimes right. This is possibly the first time I've ever uh, voiced this concern when friends come over Good. and say, "Can I? Can I charge my device?" There is a very small part. I'm really tight. And a very small part of me goes, fuck's sake, guys. Could have done that before you... Do you know what I mean? Or, or maybe part of yeah. me thinks I'm being quite generous when I, I give them access to my electricity because I'm literally, I'm literally giving them... I'm on what charging a phone. It's like 15, 20p, possibly. Maybe it's less. It's, I, I, it's a good point. What I do, I, I, I like to think of uh, USBs and charging paraphernalia, Tom, almost as if they're kind of like uh, crockery. So, yes. for example, there's like the good China. That's like yes. the, that's the white yeah. stuff, right? That's like the Apple iPhones. That's the stuff where the fucking lead is like spaghetti and I can't just give this to anybody because all you've got to do is pick up your phone harshly enough and they've ruined my charger and I've got to pay seven pounds <laughs> for a new one. Yeah. Well, so was, instead, yeah. what I give them are the mugs and the plastic cup. Of you too, honestly. Leads, leads that can charge any USB thing. Like This yeah. would have worked on a fucking Siemens from 1997. <laughs> I don't care. You can use it. Where was it? In a top payments. You asked to charge your phone. So that's like you're giving that. them the sports direct mug, like when yeah, the I give them the sports direct mug. Yeah, you know, no saucer, no matching crockery. Mm. Yeah, you know, it's like giving them the cutlery with the different coloured like hilts and stuff. Like, you know, <laughs> where's that from? Summer camp? I don't care. Just, are you hungry or not? So that's yeah. how I get round that. Yeah, okay, that's nice. Gotta be honest, guys. I wouldn't ask people over. I just wouldn't that bother. Is sensible. <laughs> yeah, I wonder, yeah, I wouldn't I wonder if I've, I wonder if we spent more money on electricity. We must have during lockdown. We must have, because oh, yeah. I walk around the house switching lights off all the fuck. Even when there's kids in the room, I'm like, screw it. Just, you know, eat yeah. more carrots. Good luck Sit in the you. dark, you little, yeah. Yeah, I think I've definitely used electricity a lot more. I think probably uh, motions, I imagine motion sensors have probably picked up in sales on somewhere like Amazon by now, Tom. What do you think? Oh, man. Because, you know, it's awesome. a way of saving, awesome. isn't there? It's I mean, genuinely, we've got a, uh, there's a motion sensor in our downstairs toilet now, right? And the the reason I installed it is because too many people were uh, using the downstairs toilet to go for poos. And if you do a poo in the understairs toilet, you're stinking out serious living areas, right? So I I genuinely did this. I put a motion sensor light in there, which goes off after like 10 seconds. So if you're sitting down to do a poo and the light goes off, it's quite a disincentive. Having a, I don't know if you've ever pooed in the dark, guys. It's not. 
I have. It's not the best, but then at the same time, needs must. Right, right. <laughs> the, problem, the, problem with, the problem with having your vision deprived when you're going to the toilet, it means your other senses become heightened. That's it, and you don't want that That's, sometimes. Yeah, you don't want that. You don't, you don't want, want that. You're yeah. like, God damn it. How many patties are in that burger? Ugh. Right. <laughs> I once wrote a sketch. I once wrote, wrote a comedy sketch with a friend called Pooing in the Dark, and it was a, and had a whole song about it. Um, but I could probably find that at some point and share it with the listeners. You, that's uh, good. Good good uh, content for the Patreon, mate. <laughs> Keep it for the Patreon. Sometimes, sometimes I will sit there, and if I do, maybe late at night when everyone else has gone to bed, maybe I will have a little cheeky poo downstairs in the downstairs toilet. And and because the timer goes off after 10 seconds, I will be mid-poo and I'll stop flailing my arms to, nice. to, to trigger the light. Because otherwise, you're right, the senses the old, the old, go up. The old reverse twerk. Your bum's sitting down, but your arms are going... <laughs> <laughs> now, t- now, Tom, yes. uh, as the asker of this question, yes. uh, we obviously want to know. We've had a USB adapter um, things from Dane and a, and, a, and a shitty old TV from me. What in your bedroom defines you? Uh, it's a really shit old rocking chair. <laughs> and it it belonged to my mum and she gave it to me when I moved into my own flat in 2001 and I have never used it it's too old and rickety to be sat on like you you can't you literally cannot sit on it because it would it would just collapse mm. um that phrase that phrase too old and rickety to be, to be sat on is that something that applies to you personally very or? much so very much so yeah <laughs> sit on it and it will complain and make awful noises <laughs> Um, and uh, because the uh, the seated area, the area for the bottom is at an angle, as as is the want of a rocking chair, you can't use it as a chair drobe. You can't put clothes on it because the clothes slide straight off. So it, it provides no practical use. Aesthetically, it looks horrible because it's just really old. But and here's the here's the sort of drilling deep into my sort of inner personality. I've kept it out of this kind of always sticking to family tradition this idea that it's a bit of family furniture belong mm. to my mum and this sort of I, I don't know carrying the weight of of your relatives around with you when you move and it's moved sure enough from flat to flat to flat to house all along the years and this is absolutely true about six months ago I mentioned it to my mum I haven't spoken about the rocking chair to my mum for years every day before I go to bed every night it's pretty much the last thing I see I see that that's right next to my bed. I'm like, that fucking rocking chair. Every day, right? It pisses me off. My fucking family and that piece of wood. And I spoke to my mum and said, so whose was it? Was it my grandmother's? Was it my grandfather's? Where did it come from? And she went, no, I got it from a charity shop about a year before you got it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. For the perfect journey of family members. You're like, this thing really needs to fucking go. It's been in our family for years. You've got to leave it, Tom. But it's useless. It doesn't even have a use. But it's been here as long as you have. It's been a part of this household since you've been here. (laughs) But it's shit. But it's been here from the beginning. Fine. I accept it. Wait. Ah, it's not even a member of this family. (laughs) Isn't that just the EastEnders Christmas special in a nutshell? (laughs) 20 years you've been here, rocking chair. Turns out you're not even family. True though, isn't it? This is what we do. We we carry these physical items as if they are as mm. important as people. We get so attached to them. It's insane. Exactly. Mm. And the important yeah. thing is to remember people and that link rather than things. Because if you said to your mum, "Why is this is this still here?" Ten years ago, she'd have been like, "I don't know." Found out cherry shop. You'd have been like, "Well, fuck this piece of firewood." But now, now I'm well, stuck with it because it's, it's done. Yeah, it's done twenty years with me, so it's done enough time with me that I've got and I keep it because of me. Whereas, exactly right, 10 years ago, the maths would have been on my side. Oh, well. But now, 20 years, I'm like, anything that's 20 years old, you have to but kind of... It's the whole generation now, man. It's not, it's not as easy as that. Can't get rid of it now. And my kids are probably going to end up with this bloody thing. 
That well, so they should. You know, <laughs> yes, yes. You, you had to you went through it, and so they have to go through it too. I think you're Some right. Some things just can't be explained, kids. Take <laughs> yes. the damn chair. It doesn't. It, it, why is it called a rock? It doesn't even rock. You know what? You know what, kids? I never spoke to my mother this way. Don't sit on it. Never sit on it. Have a great life. And yeah, you, never, and we'll, you never we'll give you splinters. I understand, Tom. I have I've got friends and family members who have entire rooms dedicated to nothing other than the the, the pageantry of it. Like yes. friends who have plastic is still over the sofas, so they oh. buy all this furniture without anybody planning to actually sit in it and using it. My mother has glassware from her wedding that right. she still hasn't used. Right. Wow. The inheritance yeah. of our, our emotional baggage. You know, we all sort of these days we spend a lot of time looking into that and sort of digging into that, and that's a very healthy thing. But I don't think we spend enough time looking at the inheritance of our physical baggage. Actually, looking at this stuff and going, "What?" I mean, I guess maybe this was part of the. Does it bring me joy? Uh, what's the name? The woman who cleared did that book where everyone has to get rid of everything. What's it called? I forgot what it's called. Did you get to, none of you guys did this clearly. I'm aware, I'm aware, I'm aware of the web series. Yeah. Um, so that, that's a great uh, question though, isn't it, Dane? It really is. uh, we've managed to get some good, some good intel about our bedrooms that's out of that. It kind of made me remind me that I miss my bed. <laughs> You're doing this podcast from your bed. What are you talking about? Oh, this, is, this is a sofa bed. It's not the same. I mean, <laughs> it's big and comfortable, but it hasn't got the character as an old uh, nighttime rider, as it was called. Mm, oh, <laughs> oh, the memories are back. Oh, God. Yeah, the old good night rider, as I used to call it. I'd, me old, me old I'd say light a candle for it, but light an LED light for it, if you can. I will do. <laughs> My question on today's show, uh, this wonderful comic relief mashup special, is... Um, well, it's actually taking you back to a time when maybe you cared about the things you bought. I like to think that we don't really care about. I don't. I don't give a shit about anything I buy now. Really, do you know what I mean? Like, mm. it's whatever vitamins and fucking lip balm. Or, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, there was a time when you were a kid buying things was a fucking amazing thing. Do you remember, you know, Argos catalogs and and giving a shit about what you bought from the the, the news agent and all of that. It was an exciting time. So my question to you both is. When you were a child, what rush of buying something do you wish you could experience again? And I'll go to Tom first. Is there something from your youth that you think back and you go, God, that was that was a thrill. I'd just love to have that again. Yeah, I think you're right. That's what we spend the rest of our lives. That, that imprints on us, doesn't it? That moment when we're kids. And we spend the rest of our lives chasing that endorphin rush and we never quite hit that again. Um, for me, it was a simple thing. It was a pencil case. It was a pencil case for, <laughs> I mean, it's pathetic, isn't it? Nice. It was two ninety nine, and it was decorated with pictures of stationery. So like I had like a ruler on it and a picture of a pen. Pretty sort hmm. of simple, but it was, and it, it, it was, yeah, it had all the stuff in it. It came with all the stuff in it. And I bought it from the um, local news agents, Henderson's in Monmouth Town in South Wales. And I was just... Shout out, shout out. Shout out to those guys. <laughs> Henderson's closed in 1998, RIP. Um, just, I mean, absolutely upset. I always like stationery. The other thing that that really resonates with this was the um, the Dennis the Menace Club. Did you guys, were you guys Beano readers when you were younger or, or more recently? Oh, yeah. More, more of a dandy man myself. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, yeah. I mean, so, so many of my issues are desperate and related. <laughs> just that jawline. No one's ever going to get that. You're never <laughs> yeah. going to attain that jawline. It's not possible. Beautiful jaw. And I keep trying to make cow pie, and I can't get the horns to stay in the pay tree. <laughs> it's, it's, 
and I, I used to look at the Beano every week and I'd look at that middle bit with actually no, the Bass Street Kids was in the middle. Anyway, there'd always be an advert for the um uh Dennis and Ganasha and Ganipa Club. And it, and it had pictures of all the things that you'd get, the badges and the pencil and the stuff. And I would I would pour over it for mm. do you know like really look it's I don't look at stuff enough in detail like that anymore. I've got ADHD, my life's packed. I'm always moving on to something else. But back then, like I would properly look at a picture of a pencil mm. and I'd take all in the, the shape of it, the color of it and everything. And, and it took weeks for it to arrive. I don't think I took any pleasure from it when it actually arrived, actually. I think it was the looking at the picture of it and knowing it was heading to me. The anticipation was way more delicious. And there's a life lesson for you oh, yeah. in the actual thing. That's a, I mean, what, I mean, Tom, respect, because that's a brilliant answer. I mean, I think my answer, I'll, I'll come, I'll come to you and I'll give you a bit more time, Dane, but the, my answer's definitely, definitely in the Nintendo 64. Oh. And I think what's actually kind of, what's kind of weird about you that. What about yourself? So this is, this is, this is why it has significance in my life. I'm going to, I'm going to do a little spiel, but the, 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 how old were we then? I, I would have been about 15, 16 when that came out, I reckon. And and my dear friend, uh, Kieran Moran, uh, who lives in Barcelona now, had it and I played it at his house and we played Goldeneye and, and Pro Evolution, which at the time was ISS, if you remember it being called ISS. Mm, yes. Um, and Mario Kart. And it was the best thing ever, right? Goldeneye is still regarded was... as one of the best games ever, isn't it? On, on the 64. Yeah, just, 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 just it, was, it was a different level because the controller felt kind of more ergonomic than maybe controllers had felt before. And also, we're forgetting, actually, sorry, the the, the one-player Mario game, uh, Mario 64, uh, was fucking incredible. 3D, right? Walking around. became 3D. Yeah, yeah it was f- f- exactly, mm. yeah. And, and, and so everyone wanted that, right? Everyone wanted the N64. And I wanted it. And I drove my dad, uh, God rest his soul, fucking mad about it. And <laughs> I... Honestly, this story is a slightly, uh, slightly bizarre one. But like, I drove him mad, and and people have to remember at the time the games were sixty five quid, which oh, is yeah. mental. That is mental. The thing itself was about one hundred and fifty, right? Oh. Maybe two hundred, I think, for the console. Yeah, about one. But the games were sixty. Super expensive. It's like, I mean, it's one of those things where I was like, who can afford this? Michael Jackson, Macaulay Culkin, and maybe Fred Savage. <laughs> Of one the one year's fame, who else can afford it? Yeah, in that era, that's all we had. Legends, all of them. Yeah, of course, and they're all and, and actually they're all coming on the podcast next week if anyone's <laughs> interested. Um, but um, but no, so I had this scenario where you know I, I I obviously really wanted it. I drove my dad mad about it, and I was like, I'm going to sell my Dreamcast. Those were expensive. Those were expensive. The Dreamcast, weren't they? Dream and Dreamcast was fucking badass, man. You had um, MSR Racing and Soul Calibur. So I just, just stuck with that. They really. were on Arsenal but, shirts, um, weren't they? Dreamcast. That was an Arsenal. Yeah, they were. Yeah, correct. Arsenal. Yeah, Dreamcast. That was a good console. It was a great console, Dane. I loved it. Fucking honestly, go back to Soul Calibur. That was a badass Marvel game. Marvel vs. Capcom Two is that one of the best fighting games ever? That was on a. So, the Dreamcast sold sold my Dreamcast wow. <laughs> in the local paper. Um, had the, like half the money for for the uh, you know I, all I wanted was ISS. I think all I wanted actually was ISS and um, uh, uh, and and the console. I didn't even want Goldeneye. And so anyway, I managed to convince my dad to find this money uh, that I need that I, that we needed, and I had it, and it was the dream come true. Uh, and you know what? I t- had many happy years with that console. Mm. The, the slight kicker is, and the reason I kind of was so kind of enthralled talking about it, and I, I, don't, I want to be interested to see what Dane says about his thing, is that I remember very 
much now around that period, my family being in incredible uh, financial problems. <laughs> Um, and you know, we had a nice house. Anyone who knew my family when we were growing up, we'd moved from a sm- quite a small house to quite a nice house because my dad had a good bit of time with his business. And then the recession hit, as many people will know, in the nineties. Yeah. And my dad was really strapped for cash. And actually, you know, like I say, you know, passed away many years ago. But God bless him, he still kind of wanted to give his son this thing that he clearly, you know, desperately wanted. So my dad fucking pulled out all the stops to make that happen. And um, you know, it probably made his paying the mortgage that month even harder. But um, it, it, it really was, it was... I think it was one of the last times I remember the innocence of it all yeah. because the innocence was killed after that because I realised you selfishly wanting this console has had impact on other things. And um, I probably grew up. Uh, after that purchase and have never really desired anything since. (laughs) I've never really wanted anything. I don't want, as they know, I don't want to buy anything. That's actually true, yeah. It's true though, (laughs) because you do get the moment uh, that when you buy something big do you get the wave of self-loathing that comes afterwards when you've done it and you just feel a bit sort of guilty yeah, buyer's, buyer's remorse yeah buyer's remorse right right yeah. right that's the thing isn't it sitting in the car with this 42 inch telly in the back seat just like oh I wouldn't feel remor- I wouldn't feel as remorseful if I just nicked the fucking thing yeah exactly <laughs> I mean because at least there's a risk versus reward I, I remember I bought a car last year and for the first month I couldn't sleep because I was like why have you bought that car yes. why have you got a car <laughs> Someone's going to steal it. It's going to get stolen and you're going to deserve it because you're an idiot. You're yes. a stupid flash idiot. Yes. So. Americans don't do that. We need to we need to channel a, a kind of American vibe. You need to feel entitled and like you deserve these things. So true. I literally never buy any... I mean, I bought £24 worth of beef jerky a while ago and <laughs> and I really um, and uh, I really you know quite enjoyed that jerky it was better quality than I can get in the supermarket and um, you know I felt good value for money but I didn't feel guilt about it because that's about the most lavish thing I can tell you I've bought I mean it makes the idea that you and your wife share a separate bed so much more clearer knowing that you <laughs> 24 pounds of cured meat, of cured meat. <laughs> I didn't eat it all at once Dane you know, I spread it out over, the, over a I week I feel like whichever in, in whichever dose you ate in she would not have agreed with you sharing a bed even even more <laughs> no one's ever like ugh jerky and now to sit down with a perfectly sealed stomach <laughs> <laughs> Dane what's uh, what thing from your childhood uh, kind well, of really resonates as a purchase so many things but I, I would say uh what stands out the most would probably be I bought my first pair of Air Max 97s mm. uh, when I got a job at Iceland because I uh, didn't really look my age when I was younger and then got national insurance. And when you're a young black kid in South East London, people are very reluctant to give you jobs anyway because no one really trusts you to work in retail, particularly if you want to work in a job you'd enjoy, like Virgin Megastore or any kind of or Foot Locker or First Sport, which was another business at the time. Uh, which is kind of within Shane Marcus and the JD Sports. That was very hard to get. Um, also, for some reason, I think I was one of the only one of my friends who was not offered a job at uh, Sainsbury's. So I used to work in Iceland, which actually turned out to be fine. I mean, it's seen as having a low market position in Sainsbury's, but I liked working at Iceland. It was a lot less uh, stress in terms of uniform, it was just a shirt and a pair of trousers. Uh, they had a lot more of a diverse uh, representation of uh, people that came. I'd never seen anyone from the trans community shopping in Sainsbury's, but they'd come every week in Iceland, which I enjoyed as well. And um, yeah, just super down to earth. And I didn't really need to talk to people. And what Iceland did different, I think instead of paying time and a half like Sainsbury's did for overtime, what Iceland would do is they wouldn't, but what they would do is that if you took a day off, they would uh, pay you for the day off, which is fine. 
So I like that pay structure. But I saved up, and it was paid week. They paid weekly, which I thought was very important. Mm. And I saved up and saved up, and then one day, my aunt, my mother. So my mother and my father have the uh, of the school that they will give you everything you need. But if you want something, you have to go. You have to work for it. But that being said, um, their idea of what I need is uh, very different to what I hmm. what to what they think I need. So. My parents wouldn't really buy me. I won't say they wouldn't buy me nice clothes. It's very important for them culturally that you look respectable and, uh, you know, presentable. But that doesn't mean that they have the same awareness of name brands that I do. My mother is just 30 years between us. So she'd be like, well, then I believe that Pierre Cardin is a very well-reputed uh, retailer and a manufacturer of uh, shirts. And I'd be like, do I look like I go to, I wear shirts? I'm 14. Like, do you, do you like my friends look at me to find out who made my shirt? Like, that's not who we are. Like, none of my friends are looking inside my blazer and being like, Oh, Ralph Lauren, well done, Dane. <laughs> that, that's not what kids care about. So, you know, the Holy Trinity is uh, Nike and uh, Nike and Reebok, and maybe at the time, mm. maybe Adidas. So, mm. when I was growing up, the idea of wearing any other, anything other than those three trainers was just anathema. And so, I remember I was saving up to be able to pe- pretty much be buy my first pair of Nike Air trainers because oh. uh, I'd been going through feeler and hand me downs up until that point, and. It wasn't from a normal place. I had to go to uh, the outlet in Swindon. Oh, yeah. Grand outlet in Swindon. And uh, the only pair of trainers I was able to afford in my size that were Nike and any description were a pair of Air Max 97s, uh, which were like the ugliest colorway you've ever seen. It kind of like <laughs> what did the Air Max 97s look like then? What was their What was their thing? Um, like big. They like they look like they've got like concentric like circles that go around the front. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so those are the 97s. And um, the colorway was really ugly. It kind of looked like, do you know the reflection of like color, like a rainbow that you get like on a, a bubble? Mm. Mm. Nice. Sort of like, like a global like, hypercolor t shirt. Like the color of a fly's compound eye. <laughs> <laughs> like purpley, greeny, but goldish. Uh, you mm. can pretty much anywhere them with black, to be fair. They were very, I mean, and. A lot of people thought they were very ugly, but I was so happy to be able to afford a pair of Nike trainers. How much were they? Do you remember how much they were? Uh, they probably at the time were reduced from 120 pounds, like 70 pounds. Mm. And uh, yeah, most Nike trainers of note would cost like, I think from 95s onwards, like you're looking at about 70, 80 pounds and oversized 10 adult sizes, then it's going to be over 100. Yeah. So... Which to most people, I talk about Nike trainers now. This is nothing, but like, as a child, teenager, like own, even owning a pair of like one tens, which are the MX ninety fives, was considered amazing. So, were you very precious about them when you got them back home? Oh. Were you like, do not touch them. I'm going to wear them only. You know, I was on special occasions. Yeah. I was ecstatic about the idea of being able to wear this in public because, like, you know, I always thought that was a point of shame uh, initially with the trainers and uh, being able to afford my first pair. Mm. It meant everything to me. I was like, like you know, I as we, we talk about materialism, I think especially for young kids, especially kids from any, from impoverished backgrounds, like material possessions or materialism is a, lot, a big part of how they define their existence. Yeah. And it's normally their way of uh, demonstrating wealth just because obviously everyone has a very limited understanding of it. And, you know, you see now where the idea of being a hype beast and reselling and dead stock markets have become how lucrative they've become in terms of streetwear. So, I mean, these trainers probably, they could still sell now, I imagine, because I think even Skepta, MC Skepta did use the 97s as well for a new, for a collaborative campaign. 
Yeah. But for me, like I just remember just growing up my whole life and my mother the mother not familiar me a pair of trainers. I have cousins who are old taller than me, but younger than me. So she'd be happy to take hand me downs from my younger cousins and give them to me. Um the only time I'd normally be able to have a pair of trainers would be of any note would be when we went to the States and we'd go to uh like a sneaker kind of warehouse or like outlet. No, of course. And yeah. I'd be allowed to buy a pair of trainers. So this was like the first time I was able to buy trainers at the time that I wanted of my own volition. And uh, I now have in front of me, one, two, three, four, five, 14 <laughs> pairs of trainers. There's now 21 pairs of trainers in this house alone. Um, wow. To be fair though, 21 of you do live in that house. So, you know, you have got, yeah, exactly. got 20 so, plus. So I have now 21 pairs of yeah. trainers of all different types because uh, we're clearly trying to fill a, fill a, fill a, a, a hole, the shape, a spiritual hole, the shape of uh, two feet in my heart. Uh, but yeah, that first purchase... This is because because for me it was just it's meant so much. It was like this I can have I can have something that I've earned, mm. and mm. the a law of doing something illegal to obtain trainers was always ubiquitous when I was growing up. Whether it of was course. knowing someone who could get you a discount, or knowing someone who could steal trainers for you, or literally people stealing people's trainers, which didn't necessarily occur to me, or where people would do credit card scams or do like bank fraud in order to have the finances to buy it. It was kind of like was just a, a lesson in persistence and mm. uh humility and i basically just was like if you just wait and you earn and you can have it and then no one can take it away from you and mm. so it was my first example of just learning to have restraint and discipline and be able to enjoy the intrinsic reward of earning something and so mm. i think psychologically that's probably affected me now where it's like i'm aware from, at least from a materialistic perspective that the stuff I have, I earned myself. So when people are like, why do you do this? I'm like, how fucking dare you? I did it myself. <laughs> so there's, I do have a complex about it because I was always raised with ideas like, you know, it's like, it's like you shouldn't even say to people, I want, if you want something, then you should go and get it yourself. If you are behind, hmm. like you depend on somebody else's generosity, you should say, I would like. And so that's kind of the thing I kind of brought up with. And just like, if you want something, you have to go and get it. And, I, and I've internalized that maxim so much that like, I think even sometimes when people tell me they've got credit card debt, I tend to look down on them because I'm like, what the fuck do you spend it for if you didn't have it? Mm. Um, mm. I want to be more aware of uh, financial iniquity and uh, you know, yeah. the structure of our society nowadays now. But at the time, those trainers meant everything. And, and like I said, that reward was meant so much that, you know, yeah, I think it's kept me from ever having a temptation to get like an egg card or a payday loan yeah. or an overdraft yeah. or a credit card. Yeah. to cover costs and stuff. And, um, you know, I, I think even now to this day, I've, I haven't lost edit. When I used to go to the fringe, I never used to lose money. I never used to have people front the money for me. It would always be myself because it's like yeah. you're in control because, yeah, I never want to have to depend on anybody else for anything. Good way to do it. And now you're in podcasting, so you're making a fortune, mate. So it's all good. Breaking <laughs> it in, mate. Thank God. Um, but but what, a, what a, a good mix. We had a Nintendo 64 for me, trainers from Dane, and a pencil case from you, Tom. So I, we got into our childhood there. Does this feel like it's sticking to the, okay, kind of, uh, 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 you know, endorsing the, the, the toaster brand in this episode as much as we could, Tom? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Reading masses and masses into things we've bought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of yeah, portraying yeah. entire life stories through one object that is exactly what we do on toaster pod yes i'm glad we i'm glad we've stuck with it and kept mm. the the dane baptiste questions everything yes brand. are you answering and the questions of life do you feel that's happening as well i think we're getting oh, there definitely. i think yeah, we're slowly yeah, getting yeah. there i mean these possessions are such uh, how we define our existence by so we're all working we're all working adroitly to get to the crux of what makes us human beings yes. and what makes us uh, purchasers yes working works working great yes case. so it's over to dane for the final question 
of this very, very special comic relief mashup podcast. Absolutely. As this wonderful marriage of consumerism and as existentialism continues, my question, I think, hopefully, would be quite simple in that, obviously, people like stuff. People like to buy stuff, get stuff, receive stuff, sometimes sell stuff. But it's just stuff. So my question is to you, Tom and everybody, if money is not an object and you could just have one material possession to last you your whole life from Amazon, what would it be? You've got to trade everything else, but it's one thing you can have. And the money's not an object, but you can have anything material. So you can't have any sentient being or any yeah, living creature, but anything, mm. and you can trade it all for this one thing. Oh, this is like a mm. desert island object. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be an object. Can't be a person. And okay, maybe it's from Amazon, so you've got to trade all your other stuff. Yeah. And, it's, and, let's just, and just to maybe extend it, it's like, it's the... Don't make it harder. Yeah, it's the only thing you're allowed to buy from Amazon ever again. Um, fuck. Money's not an object, so you can get whatever you want. Okay. Okay. I mean, I've got a nine-month-old child and nappies is the first thing that came to my mind, but probably probably won't be needed forever, so I probably won't suggest that. Um, uh, yeah. It's interesting because I think there's, you know, as I've said before, there's a lot of things I just don't give a fuck about, really, but, I would, you know, I probably would survive without lip balm for the rest of my life. I don't know. Uh, it, mm. It's not kind of vital. It's not a vital purchase. I... So, there's two answers that spring to mind. One is a bit of a cop out. Can I just can I very quickly do the cop out answer, and you can eliminate that? It, it, it would be. I really love. I really love reading. So it would just be like a Kindle. But that's a bit like saying on oh, my iPhone. Then I could just look at everything forever. And ever. So that's a bit of a shit answer. But that is what springs to mind. Just one object would be a Kindle loaded up with ridic- a ridiculous amount of stuff. Like because what's crazy about the nature of these devices, these digital devices, is that you could put on three lifetimes worth of content in onto yeah. a physical object uh, the size of my thumb. You know, like, it's insane. So so I'd probably say Kindle. However, based on something which imprinted on me when I was very young and I watched uh, The Great Escape, and there's a scene where Steve McQueen uh, gets into his prison cell and he's got his base... He's got his uh, glove. He's got a... Uh, he's got his glove and a baseball, and he throws... You know this this, this scene where he's throwing the baseball against mm. the wall and it's bouncing backwards and forwards? I think... Oh, yeah. Nothing makes me happier, and this this reminds me, however much, however much I... Uh, prettify my brain with culture and family and thoughts uh, and and films and all these things. Uh, the th- boils down to the fact that I'm still a ten year old boy with a ball, throwing it against a wall. As long as I've got a ball, uh, nothing's going to go wrong. A tennis ball is the answer to your question, Dane. A tennis ball. Cool. <laughs> it's just a tennis ball. That's all Tom needs from Amazon for the rest of his life. Just a tennis ball. That's all I need. I. I- Sometimes I'd throw it. Sometimes I'd throw it really high in the air and I'd catch it. Sometimes I'd bounce it on the floor. Sometimes I'd try and do keepy uppies with it. You, you can't tell me nice. that you're not going to be happy just to have the, the a ball. That's all you need. If you've got a ball, you'll never be keep bored going. again. Yeah, keep yeah. it going. You can, if you, you know, guard dogs yeah. like football, so you can throw throw them after those. You know, so I get it. Yeah, I get it. You could learn. Well, you could that- learn tricks. Do it for cash. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Keep you sane. I mean, I hope that my television will keep working for the rest of my life, uh, my <laughs> shitty little bedroom TV, and therefore I won't ever have to, you know, buy another television. Um, so I'm not going to say TV, but I'm actually going to say something really practical and boring. 
uh, which is just a life a lifetime supply of uh, dishwasher tablets because um, I cannot be. I tell you what, I, you know, you, the Western world makes you kind of take shit for granted, right? So like. Mm-hmm. Um, cooking oil, for instance, like you completely take for granted that you have cooking oil. And if you were in a part of the world where cooking oil was in short supply, you would massively appreciate your cooking oil, be it olive or vegetable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sunflower, or also available. Nut. Yeah. Nut. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> um, but I think the one thing in Western society that we definitely did right was dishwashers, because mm. I cannot be fucked with washing up my shit. It is... You know, particularly after, it's like you're paying a price for eating a meal. You're you're paying a price for the enjoyable thing. I really enjoyed eating that food. Yeah. Really? Well, now you've got to suffer yeah. and clear up all your shit. And um, on that basis, I will forever, forever love my dishwasher. Mm. And uh, when it breaks down, have you had, had, you, had your dishwasher break down and you've, for those few days or week, you've got to fucking deal Broken. with washing up again? Yeah, 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 it's, yeah. Just, it's, it's just it's just it's a proper sign of growing older when you get a dishwasher. It's a proper sign that you your life is going well for you when you can just put your cheers, you mate. Can, yeah, well, no. you've, I've always thought that about you, Howard, for the hour that I've known you. When you can put objects into a box and the objects come out as good as new, that is that's magic. That's magic. And also, yeah, also, if you put in uh, salmon in tin foil into a uh, dishwasher on on a high heat, you can also cook yourself salmon uh, in a dishwasher as well. Do you know that? No, I didn't. I think. So what you're saying is how, how you, you would never have to leave the dishwasher, just pull the tray out and just have your dinner there. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You could climb onto the open uh, door of the dishwasher. Put, put a clove of garlic in there with the uh, tablet and then you've got and some creamy mash as well. Right. Mm. Right. <laughs> the, the salmon. You go, you see. This sounds like a TV show. We should go and pitch this. Dishwasher meals. Dishwasher uh, I'm sure it could work. dishwasher, but... Um, yeah, so so dishwasher tablets is where I'm going mm. after we had a lovely idea of a tennis ball uh, from Tom, and uh, and I feel like mine will will you know I'll be very happy with that. Well, that will, that will solve a problem for me for life. If money is no object, yeah, this is the material. <laughs> money is no object. <laughs> a tennis ball. The <laughs> material thing that you'd want, but I get it. I dig it. Um, yeah. I guess I was torn between one of three things, uh, either a all wavelength radio, like an omni signal radio. Good, mm. good, yeah. TV, uh, but I'd say probably radio, and then like one that can pick up on everything, like in because I think there's an app where you can pick up on all uh, you can pick up all radio stations that are listed in the world. Oh, it's um, it's unbelievable. I just I recently got it on my yeah. uh, on my Apple Watch, and I've got yeah. I've got an Apple Watch that I don't need my phone with me, so I go out and I open this app on my on my watch, and I can literally get any radio station on planet earth it's mind-boggling i would pick that at first because i feel like if you have a radio that picks up every and anywhere i go that picks up any signal it means i can always find that the immediate zeitgeist of the surrounding population no matter where i go yes that'd be good yeah that that as well i saw this thing and i'm not sure if they're available for commercial use yet but it's like a tube which just have a water water purifier a portable one so again, hmm. what my travels are, as long as I find the water source, I'll always be able to have uh, fresh and drinkable water, I'd say, rather than super fresh. Yeah, but it's not um, as important nice. as a tennis ball, is it, mate? Come on. I'd trade your tennis ball for some water, I'd say. Mm. You know, if you're, if you're well hydrated, it's easy for you to go and pick up a ball, is what I mean. Mm. A tennis ball is still pretty good, though. Yeah, but yeah I, I have to. But you, but you know, a tennis ball is important for maintaining your sanity, but I'm just trying to stay alive first before I go insane. 
So that's yeah. why I go for the, the water. Well, you could obviously you could draw a face on your tennis ball as well to keep you sane and just talk to it. That's true. That is right. true. That's true. But then with water, you can plant something and then grow a friend. <laughs> grow a uh, friend. If, you, if anyone listening out there feels like don't have any mates, you could always grow a friend. It's true, man. You just, just grow a friend. Grow a friend. And plants talk back to you, people. They have their whole secret life. Yeah. Um, I like the idea you said as well about the the fully stocked, um, fully fully optimized Kindle. I like that as well. Mm. I think I, I went for the radio, so I'd say maybe a Swiss Army knife. Oh, a new Swiss yeah. Army knife. Like I feel like you know, if I was like in the forest and stuff, it's like, but like not everything's quite violent. So like it'd have new stuff, like a Swiss Army knife with like a strobe light, so I don't necessarily have to kill animals, just scare the shit out of them, and maybe have like a little flamethrower, uh, yeah. some kind of. Uh, master key to that should be a thing there should be like a short wave broadband router built into swiss army knives now yes so even <laughs> though like i don't have to steal people's wi-fi necessarily but if there's like a local uh area network i should be able to access that for like you know army reasons not just the swiss but like other armies too yeah but like a new thing yeah i do that helps me filtrate water or i can like cut roads <laughs> Or, um, you know, you've really, you've really improved on the Swiss Army knife thing because the Swiss Army knife actually, when you get it, it, you know, you realize this is the this is the knife of an army of a country that has remained neutral in every major conflict. Yeah, that is why because their biggest weapon is a Swiss Army knife. Like it makes perfect sense. But you've managed to stretch that. Yeah, little like ribbon. Anyone that's got like has a weapon which includes ribbon scissors. (laughs) And the nail file has not really seen the horrors of war. So I, I totally get it. So this would be, I shouldn't really say a Swiss army knife, but like a, a new army knife. Mm. But, but then, you know, it's the same application. So it's like, it's a knife which can like tell you the purity of drugs straight away. So like one thing is like, how pure is this Coke or how strong is this coffee? You take mm. that straight away. It's or, quite the future you're portraying for yourself there, Dane. Uh, kind of, kind of yeah, Scarface money, drug lord. It's an object like, Elon Musk can be working on this right now, and so yeah, that's mm. no, fair point. I, so I, could, I would I would use that, I suppose. Um, so so just going back through the list of what would be on our Amazon shopping list from this entire episode, we have uh, Swiss Army knives, radios, dishwasher tablets, tennis balls, Nike Air Max ninety sevens, pencil cases, N sixty fours, USB port adapters, um, old shitty TVs, and a really old broken rocking chair. Uh, that is uh, everything that we have covered in yeah. this uh, mashed up episode of uh, of these two podcasts. Imagine yeah. all those things being delivered to your door at once. You don't have to. Just listen to the podcast. That's it. Perfect. <laughs> save, save you some trouble, ladies and gentlemen. And, you know, <laughs> let's say you have a rocking chair that you no longer need. Tom needs one. So send one to him. Howard too for his bedroom by himself. <laughs> and, you know, if anybody has some brand new box fresh Air Max 97s, which are mm. with a mainly white colorway, because that's what I'm into, then feel free to send those long guys. I'd be very grateful. Air Max ones are also welcome too. <laughs> so there you go. That's been the first and, I mean, the first of a new series, Dane, or the first and only, guys? First? And- I'd say the first of a series, you know, the first of a, be- and, and just, you know, a different incarnation of our wonderful friendship. There you go. Beautiful. That was Toaster Questions Everything. Uh, thank you so much for listening. And right now, don't forget, your donation has got the power to take action against domestic abuse, help reduce mental health stigma, provide safety to families who need support, and help to give children the best start in life. Is
absolutely you have the power to do something don't let anybody tell you otherwise as soon as you question your reality that is when you have the power to change it so please do something incredible this red nose day please if you're able give now to comicrelief.com forward slash podcast mashup or text comic to 70205 to give five pounds now to donate five pounds text the word comic to 70205 text cost your donation amount plus your standard network message charge and 100% of your donation will go to Comic Relief, a registered charity. You must be in 16 or over and please ask the bill payers permission for full terms and conditions. Visit comicrelief.com forward slash podcast mashup. Thanks for listening guys. That's been this very unique episode of Toaster Questions Everything. <laughs> it's been fun. Thank you guys. That was really good fun. It's been a lot of fun. After going through some difficult times with his health, Barry found himself feeling lonely and isolated. He joined the Inverclyde Shed workshop to practice his woodwork skills, but ended up finding so much more. I was in a pretty dark place. I went into a kind of no man's land. I kind of lost myself. One day it was suggested that I come up and, uh, and see the shed. And the welcome I got was just second to none. A lot of the men who come here uh, have been pretty battered around in their lives and men do not like sharing that sort of stuff. They don't open up easily, they just carry it. Uh, But when they come here, they get the opportunity, if they want, to open up and talk. That's, That's why this place is so important. With Comic Relief funding, the Inverclyde Shed provides tools, workshop facilities and creative activities for people to come together to learn skills and share ideas. This sense of community helps reduce isolation and contributes, of course, to the mental well-being of its members. Barry regularly meets with friends from the shed for socially distanced walks, and he's helped set up an online carving club, which he leads via Zoom. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. 
That's stamps.com. Code program.